When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, this is Michael Sweet from Striper, and you are listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with Stephen and Sonny. Let me start off this episode by saying, peace be with you, brother. (laughs) All right. So you can tell by the title that we are doing a Christian rock episode. And most likely the only striper that you're going to hear is probably the one you just heard at the top of the show, uh, because my guess is that's what we used for the intro. Christian rock is a form of rock music that features lyrics focusing on matters of Christian faith, often with an emphasis on who else? Jesus or Jesus, if you would like. Typically performed by self-proclaimed Christians, individuals, the extent to which their lyrics are explicitly Christian varies between bands. Many bands who perform Christian rock have ties to contemporary Christian music labels, media outlets, and festivals, while other bands are independent. This definition, my friend, of Christian rock comes directly from where else? The best source in rock and roll, Wikipedia. What do you have to say about all that, Pumi? I don't really care. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not the most religious guy on the planet. I've been to church less than 10 times total my whole life. And most of the time it was because the kids were doing something in church. Besides that, I'm just not a religious guy. So the music and the songs and the melodies that connect with me, they just collect with me. And I'm sure there's, you know, I listen to songs about Satan and I listen to songs about Jesus pretty much equally. So whatever, you right? Know, like it doesn't matter to me. You know, us here at Grown Up Rock Music, we like to uh, be equal opportunity uh, listeners, right? So if we're going to play Ghost or, or Merciful Fate, we got to play a little Striper and some of this other stuff. So, hey, I've been kicked out of church 10 times. You've been to church 10 times and I've been kicked out 10 times. So, you know, what are we going to say? I don't know. Look, I'm along the same lines. We don't talk much about uh, religion and politics on this podcast for a reason. We don't want to be involved, but we do talk about music and this is directly related to music. So that's what we're dealing with today. So we'll get into all this stuff. Hopefully we'll share some music you guys dig from some of these Christian rock bands that we're going to discuss. But before we get too deep in the sticks with all of that, you know, like everything else, we got to do this. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right, so tonight's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight comes to us from what else would we do on a Christian rock episode but a band called Demons Down? (laughs) 
mean, you got to have some sort of connection there. So look, Demons Down, no, they're not a satanic band and they're not a Christian band. This is a band that, it's a newer band for one thing. It's a band that was created by Chuck Wright. Uh, you know him from his time in Quiet Riot. He was also in, uh, shoot, I just drew a blank. The the record was Demons Down and it had Jeffrey. House of Lords. House of Lords. Thank you. Brain fart. <laughs> anyway, uh, it also contains Jimmy Bell, who's uh, currently in Autograph and also is currently playing with House of Lords. And the drummer, Ken Mary, also has that House of Lords connection. Also played with Alice Cooper and others on drums. They went out and they found this Chilean singer, James Robledo. He's a vocalist who comes from a family of musicians with prominent places in history of Chilean music. So this guy's claim to fame basically is that he was on The Voice in Chile. So uh, we've got another voice contestant, and that's where they plucked this guy from. Uh, He seems to be a pretty good singer. Check out this song off their latest album called Where Will Our Tears Fall? So I had given this album a chance when it came out a couple of weeks ago. You know how sometimes it's too keyboardy for you? It was almost too metally for me. And I don't know what I didn't like about it because I really did like this song. So I must not have gotten deep enough into the CD and maybe gave up too quick. But on this song, James almost sounds like Jeff Scott Soto. So when I listen to it, I'm like, wait a second, that sounds like Jeff. What is this all about? And then I go do a little research on it. I said, wait a second, I already listened to this album. And I didn't think it was that great. So... I got to give it another couple of shots, I guess, because I really like this song. Yeah, so full transparency. I went through the record a few times. This was one of the songs that I liked on it. If the record all sounded like this, I'd be all over it. However, it does not all sound like this. Ah. Yeah. You weren't wrong. You just had to seek out the tune that fit. I think there's maybe three, possibly four songs that fit this description of Where Will Our Tears Fall, and I like it. The rest of it is a bit keyboardy for me and has a bit less riffs than are my taste so that's just me personally i think the guy's a good singer i got no issues with his uh, voice and his singing that's not the problem it's just not enough uh guitar riffage happening throughout the album but on this song it is happening and i dig this song so again the band is demons down check it out Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's time for tonight's main discussion. We're going to get into the Christian bands. Before we do all that, we just got back from Rock and Pod a few weeks ago, and I know everybody is that was there has put out content. This was what the fourth or fifth Rock and Pod Nashville. I always get mixed up on that. I think it's five but i'm not positive no it is five because we were at the first three with a table covid screwed everything up we were at the first three with a table and then on the fourth one we went just as patrons and went and just hung out and this was the fifth one and we did the same thing this one so five so that is correct the fifth rockin pod nashville happened a few weeks ago in nashville both sunny and i went and uh hung out and had a great time both had our wives with us and uh yeah it was in another different location every one of them has been in a different location since the beginning right yeah in bigger and better location and i would say the way chris and team set it up this time was probably the best because it was absolutely huge warehouse with 
a very, very high roof. So you would think you would get a lot of echoes, but you didn't really because there was enough stuff in it to stop from the echoes. So uh, I thought it worked out well. I thought it was the best setup so far. I would second that, and especially because I listened back to some of the other podcasts that were recording there, the Cobras and Fire guys and the In Obscuria podcast. And I'll be honest, the audio from those podcasts was the best that I've heard it in terms of rock and pod audio. You can tell it's live, obviously, but the white noise that was inside that place was almost perfect to where it just came off really good it was never too loud it was a warehouse it was at a fairgrounds it was just sort of a big huge open space but like sunny described you know high ceilings and open air but well not open air it was closed in but uh, it sounded good it really sounded good in there chris did a good job of so he had obviously guests that came which were awesome including the eric martins of the world and all those guys then he had, obviously, the podcasts. He had local bands. There was a small comic convention the next day that brought vendors in the day of Rock and Pod. And then he had music vendors there, too. And for me, and this is just me being a little nerdy, but I think a lot of rock fans also like comics. Mm -hmm. So I bought just as much comic stuff as I bought rock stuff that day. Yeah, 100%. Definitely a uh, perfect partnership between comics and rock and roll there's no doubt about that good partnership all the way around it was good location uh yeah every year to me has been a little bit better for different reasons and this year was no exception so uh, if you've been on the fence about attending one of these rock and pod nashvilles and you're at all interested i would definitely encourage you to check them out because they're well done events and chris is just getting better each year at how he does them and what he does with them and i'm sure he's learning as he goes uh, but it's definitely worthwhile and it's a great hang uh, especially because of the community and the people that we made friends with over the years in podcasting uh it's just a good place to be i always enjoy that weekend and i thought for sure i was going to miss it this weekend i'm glad that i didn't yeah and the wives enjoyed it back-to-back -back years right so that's great Dominus Omus, he'd be all right all right so let's get into tonight's episode as many episodes as we've done over 300 episodes at this point we've never done a christian rock episode now we've talked about striper and we in fact we did a striper episode at one of the rockin pods at some point but we've never done a straight up christian rock episode and so tonight's the night hopefully you guys haven't turned this off yet because some of the music i think is pretty good if you're at all a fan of striper and some of that stuff then i think you should stick around and at least check out what we're going to be sharing so sunny how are we doing this are we going to just share the uh five bands that we've selected i'm going to share five and then you're going to share five and we'll comment on them or how would you like to proceed my friend let's do the two two one so you share two I'll comment, you share another two, I'll comment, you share last one, I'll comment, then we'll do the same thing with our my five. All right, sounds good. So I'll kick this off with a band, and these are not bands I grew up with, short of Striper. I knew some of these bands, but didn't know a ton about them, and some of them I've discovered more recently because I've seen the band live, and, uh, you know, that's what's going on. So uh, I'll explain that as we go, but the first band up is a band called White cross now i've heard these guys names come up many times in circles with hard rock and metal um but never really knew they were necessarily a christian band just didn't know that much about them so they're an american christian metal band from illinois formed in 1985 by singer scott wenzel and guitarist rex carroll and reformed in 2000 the band won three dove awards in 1990 do you know what a dove award is sonny I think that's like the Christian music Grammy kind of thing. There you go. So they've got their own system, right? Uh, instead of Grammys, they've got Dove Awards. And instead of going platinum, you can go frankincense and myrrh. So <laughs> that's how that works. All right. So uh, I would say try the songs Hammer and Nail, Attention Please. And this one I'm going to play a piece of called When the Walls Tumble Down.
on to my next band. So my next band I saw recently, I work at an arena and I do many different things. And so at this arena, they had a big Christian festival type thing. Last year, the band Skillet played. This year, it was Toby Mac and this band called Crowder. Now, Crowder's not necessarily a hard rock or a metal band. They're more of just a straight-up Christian with a lot of soul and borderline country at times, and they've got a swampy feel to them. But this band impressed me, man. The band is killer. This is David Crowder, so he's a multi-instrumentalist. He was in his own band from 1996 to 2012, and then he took it solo. I don't know why you leave a band called the David Crowder band to form a quote unquote solo band called Crowder. Isn't it all the same? I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. That sounds like uh, somebody wanted to get out of a contract. Anyway, uh, they've released five studio albums, Try Good God Almighty, Milk and Honey, and this song called Run Devil Run. Okay, so for White Cross, I could have swore that was Stephen Piercy. <laughs> and I was pissed at you because I'm like, damn, how the hell did he rope in Stephen Piercy in this shit? So Scott sounds just like him. I thought When the Walls Tumbled Down was fine. There was a song called Take It to the Limit that was on one of the albums that was pretty good. Attention Please was okay. Just nothing really super caught me. And I think it was the vocal, to be honest. Crowder, on the other hand, is a completely different story. So I saw them live as of this recording three days ago. Mm -hmm. And Crowder was the support band to Toby Mac. And the place was absolutely jumping for Crowder. They opened with Milk and Honey. And I just got goosebumps telling you this. Milk and Honey was so good. <laughs> I purposely didn't listen to any of the music before I went to see the show. Because it was Nicole wanted to go. Because Nicole likes this type of music, right? So I wanted to just, you know, kind of have her have my first reaction to it, good or bad. And during Milk and Honey, I'm just like, what is going on right now? The place was absolutely nuts. By the time he got to Run Devil Run, dude, that place could have been set on fire if it was a satanic band. I can tell you that right now because it was awesome. Crowder, front to back, there was a couple of slow songs in there that I didn't quite connect with, but all the rock and stuff was absolutely cool. I'm definitely getting the Milk and Honey album because that album seems to have some songs I would really dig. Yeah, same. So I didn't know anything about the band when I saw them live. I mean, I had no clue. This is not my bang zone of music. I don't know a whole lot about it. But when I saw them live, one thing is they come off heavier than what's on the record. So that's one thing. Not that they're a metal band or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying instrumentally, it's heavier live. And I was just like, wow, they are so good. The band, the players were so good. He's got a big band. He's got backup singers and everything. It's just a huge band. And the players were so good. The music was so good. And the crowd, same at my show, the crowd was crazy into it, like super into it. So, I mean, obviously it had a big enough impact for me to go out and talk about the music and go out and listen to the music. And so that's why they're on my list and why I wanted to share them. And they played the Nutter Center here, which is the same place Kiss played. And they had a lot more energy for Crowder than they had for Kiss, I can tell you that. The place they played here in Atlanta is a 12,000 seat arena, so... And it was packed. So, yeah, they're playing arenas. I do for you. You don't do for me. Is that it? Okay. So on to my next couple. So this band was also on that very same bill as Toby Mac. Uh, actually, rewind. I take that back. This was at a different Christian festival that was actually two weeks before that Toby Mac show. This band, they were formed in 1992 in Knoxville, Tennessee. The name of the band is Disciple. Uh, they have 12 studio albums. This band, 
You know, with a lot of heavy rock Christian bands, it seems like a lot of them are sort of like modern rap metal. Uh, you have like P.O.D. out there that a lot of people didn't know P.O.D. is a Christian band. They are actually a Christian band. Uh, so there's several bands out there. We'll even talk about another one that's sort of similar to that a little bit later on. But they blew me away with their live performance. I thought they were really, really good. And they opened up with this song, which I thought was killer. So this is a song called Three, Two, One. Check it out. Okay, so my next band is back to kind of that 80s style of hard rock metal. And this band is definitely, their names have made the circles in Christian rock for a while. I've heard a lot of people discuss this band, although they were a bit new to me. So I went and seeked out their music. But the band Blood Good. So they were formed in Seattle, Washington in 1983. By 1988, Bloodgood represented one of the four largest Christian metal bands, excluding the mainstream success of who else? Striper. Alongside Baron Cross, Leviticus, and White Cross, who we talked about earlier, six studio albums plus a soundtrack. Try the songs Hey You and SOS, and this one that we're going to play right now called Lamb of God. Okay, so let's start with Disciple. Man, if they opened the show with 321, that place must have been absolutely jumping. It was. The groove, the gritty guitar, the great melody, the raspy chorus, the anthemic part of getting the crowd going. I could just absolutely imagine that song killed. I got to check a lot of their stuff out because I really liked that song. Blood good. Meh. <laughs> I saw them a couple of times in the clubs in the 80s because they were from Seattle. They were up and down the coast all the time. And there's a reason why Baron Cross and White Cross and Blood Good didn't have the same thing as Striper did. One, the songwriting is just not as melodic. And two, you do not have Michael Sweet and Oz Fox on guitar. And I'm not trying to leave Robert out of it. But reality of the situation is the singers are never going to be as good as Michael because Michael's just incredibly awesome. And then you add that two guitar attack on it on top of the melodies. And I would say Striper is actually farther out there, more faith-based in your face God, I will follow you because you died for me type stuff that these guys are, but it's more catchy, so it's easier to listen to. You know, let me ask you this question. What do you think the deal is with Striper? Have they just offended the Christian community so bad because they seem to be outcasted from, like, you never see Striper on any Christian labels. You never see Striper talked about within like these Christian festivals, because they have a lot of Christian festivals throughout all the time man, all over the place. Part of it may be the fact that I live in the Bible Belt, but you just never see them associated, not the same way that you see bands like Skillet associated and, you know, some of the bands that we're talking about here tonight. What is up with Striper? And I don't want to put words in Michael Sweet's mouth, I guess, but to summarize it, He's faith-based, 
the band believes in God. The way the Christian church sometimes has the holier than thou, you will do this and not do this. Michael doesn't quite love that. Yeah. And he's been very out front about that. Top of that, they were a hair metal band that was coming up during the Knights and Satan service bullshit. <laughs> right. So that, you know, they just kind of got ousted with those guys. So. And then, you know, you get Michael over the top going, well, I like what I believe in. I really don't give a shit what you say about it. Yeah. And he said many, many times he's quoted as saying, we're not a Christian rock band. We're a rock band that are Christians. And so there's a big distinct difference in that, right? Yeah. So you're never going to get hooked up with Toby Mac and those guys. Plus, reality is that isn't their fan base. Their fan base is really rock. And that's just the type of music they write, they pick the genre and they kind of kill it in the genre that they're in to where if I would have wore a Striper shirt to the Toby Max show the other day, there might have been 10 people that knew who Striper was. Like, that's how far they are removed from that genre. It's crazy to me. Part of it is me just being greedy. I wish with all these Christian festivals that are coming to the arena I work at, I wish <laughs> Striper was a part of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt. I think they would be great on them. <laughs> can I get it? Can I get it? Okay, so on to my last band, and I've actually shared this band on the podcast before. I can even tell you what episode that I shared this band in, uh, which is another thing I'm starting to notice about some of the Christian music is it goes really well with sports. So we did an episode a while back, I think, which was songs that would go good at sporting events, something to that effect. I don't remember the exact title. And I shared this band because uh, they had a song called For the Love of the Game. At the time I had the album, I didn't necessarily know they were a Christian band, but lo and behold, the band Pillar is a Christian band. So Pillar is an American Christian rock band from Tulsa, Oklahoma, consisting of members Rob Beckley, Noah Henson, Michael Whitting, and Lester Estelle. The band has released nine studio albums, so they've been around for a bit. Three EPs and 24 singles since its formation in 1998. Check out this song called Frontline. Yeah, see, these guys are perfect example of great production, guitars out front, you got the pleasing vocal, kind of got a little bit of the alt-rock sound, great chorus. Like, there's no reason to hate on this song. It doesn't matter whether it's faith-based or not. Yeah, like I said, when I originally got this band's album, got into this band, I had no clue they were uh, faith-based because it's not as out front. I mean, when you start reading into some of the lyrics, obviously it pops up and if you know going in, but I like this band. Uh, they've had a couple of records that I own that I dig, Frontline being one of them, and uh, just a good, solid rock band. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Look at all the people here tonight! Oh man, I got to make an announcement right here. Can you hear me out there? It's time to take a quick break in the action from this week's episode. Sonny and I just wanted to thank all of you, the listeners, for joining us each and every week. Whether you just found us today or have been listening for multiple episodes, we love your passion for music and rock and roll in general. We consider you all part of our loud minority family. Always remember you can communicate with us a few different ways. If you don't mind Facebook, head over to the Growing Up Rock Loud Minority Facebook group and be part of the conversation. It's a private group and all you have to do is ask to join, answer a few rock and roll questions, and you're in. If you despise Facebook, which many people do, then send us an email to growinguprock at gmail.com. We get everything there. 
You can follow us on Twitter and Insta at Growing Up Rock, which is one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. In the event you feel entertained by our podcast, we would appreciate it if you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode and go leave us a five-star review either at Apple Podcast or Podchaser. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. Okay, so for my five, I'm going to go with five very interesting and somewhat different choices here. Uh, and this kind of gives you an idea of, I like all kinds of music. I know I shit on a bunch of music, but I do like all kinds of music. And there is music that my wife has gotten me into. And there's some folks that I've seen live that I never thought I would see live and actually enjoyed some of their music. So first one I'm going to talk about is a band called Newsboys. So been around since 1985, Australian band, but they live in Nashville now. 21 studio albums. They've had five gold gold. They have a gold compilation album, 34 number one hits on the various Christian charts. They've been around 38 years. So they've had a bunch of member changes, but their biggest has been that they've had three singers. So their current singer is a guy named Michael Tate, who's been the singer for the last 14 years. And he was in a band called DC Talk. Former singers were Peter Furler and John James. And these guys, you know, the music can be very pop. Is heavy faith-based, but they got some rocking songs too. I've seen them live twice, and the songs come off a lot heavier live, very similar to Crowder. So to get a flavor of their rock side, check out these three songs. So Born Again, Take Me to Your Leader, and I'll play a little clip of a song called Save Your Life from 2010's Born Again. Next band I want to talk about is a band called Thousand Foot Crutch. So formed in 95, Ontario, Canada. They've technically been on hiatus for like the last six or seven years. They've got 10 studio albums. Originally, they kind of started as this like new metal rap core thing. They started in 95. That doesn't surprise me. Later on, they become a little more hard rock. Trevor on vocals, Joel's on bass, Steve on drums. Trevor also plays guitar. The three songs I would encourage you to try are Bring Me to Life, which is not the Evanescence cover. It's an original song. Hand Grenade. And this song off of 2009's Welcome to the Masquerade. Here is Take It Out on Me. So let's start with Newsboys. So I've absolutely heard about this band. I've heard about this band uh, really going back to when I was first getting into Striper. Uh, somebody lumped these guys in, obviously way different than Striper, uh, more of a modern sort of pop band with a rock feel. And the singer, you said the singers from that band, DC Talk. I actually heard of that band, too. They're another Christian band, right? Yeah. So Michael Tate and Toby Mack are both from dc talk oh i had no idea that uh toby mack was from that i just thought he was like just a big pop artist or something i knew he's christian based but okay well that puts it all together so i like it i mean my favorite tune out of the ones is the one you played save your life i like those out of the three that you suggested but i mean it's modern pop with just a bit of a rock feel to it i dug it i thought it was good thousand foot crutch i wonder what a thousand foot crutch is According to the mighty internet, 
The name Thousand Foot Crutch comes from the belief that God is a crutch you can lean on, even if your problems pile a thousand feet high. Alrighty then. Then crutch with a K, by the way. <laughs> so they're getting into the act too. So obviously a lot more rock than newsboys. For me, a lot of this reminded me of the band Bush. It had that feel to me. Uh, I don't know whether it's Guy's voice or whether it's just the modern sort of alt rock feel, but that's what I took away from the songs, especially Take It Out On Me. I thought it was all right. I didn't hate on it. Don't know if it's something I would seek out, but it wasn't bad to me. I want to turn my life over to God, but it is hard as hell. Every time something happened to us, that's what we do. Oh, God, please don't do it to me, man. I tell you, this is it, man. I'm telling you, this is it, man. I ain't, I'm tired of this shit, man. I said, a Ben came to you. Okay, my next two. <laughs> so this one has an interesting story to it that most do not know. So, Demon Hunter, the band is called, founded in 2000, Seattle, Washington, 12 studio albums, including a new one last year called Exile. So, these guys. They were formed by two brothers. One of the brothers isn't in it anymore. And they were one of these bands that kind of rode the fence for a while. And then they're like, you know what? We are a Christian band. Let's just do faith-based songs. And they kind of fell into the Christian band mode. But uh, the story. So Metallica, at one point, requested that the U.S. military stop using their music during interrogations in Iraq. I guess Metallica was being used. So supposedly, Demon Hunter went to the U.S. military offering their music as an alternative, which was accepted. So here is what a Navy SEAL who claimed to have killed Bin Laden was quoted as saying, we stopped using Metallica's music, and then a band called Demon Hunter got in touch and said, we're all about promoting what you do. They sent us CDs and patches. I wore my Demon Hunter patch on every mission. I wore it when I blasted Bin Laden. Wow. So Demon Hunter, after the day that story broke, they're like, oh, whoa, 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 like we approved it. And everybody wearing the patch is cool, but we didn't volunteer our music to like be used in interrogation or nothing, right? So who knows where that lands now, but it's just interesting that a band basically nobody's ever heard of is getting used out there, right? Or let alone killing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, right? (laughs) For a Christian band. Yeah. I could see where that might be a problem. (laughs) So the three songs, if you want to check out Demon Hunter, that I would tell you to check out are Leave Me Alone, The Last One Alive. And this song off of 2019's release called War. Check out Cut to Fit. My next band is called Red. Sometimes you see it as R3D. I'm not sure why. Founded in Nashville, Tennessee, 2002. Seven studio albums with the eighth one coming later this year called Rated R. One gold album, 24 number one hits on various Christian charts. So obviously these guys have been around. They're like a crossover type Christian band. They've even had an album that's hit the Billboard 200 twice in the top 10. If you want to give them a shot. Michael Barnes on lead vocals, Anthony Armstrong on guitar, Randy Armstrong on bass, Brian on drums. Songs like Perfect Life, Breathe Into Me, and this song off of 2011's Until We Have Faces are very rock slash disturbed slash corn to me. Here is Feed the Machine.
So let's start with Demon Hunter. So you probably can figure out what I'm going to say about Demon Hunter. I mean, you know, it's not my bag. It's heavy with some cookie monster vocals, and then they like to smooth it out. You like a lot of this stuff, man. That amaranth thing, same thing. I don't know. The cookie monster throws me off at times, uh, and it's heavy, and just I get that they sing during the courses and everything, and it's not cookie monster all the way through, but that cookie monster is enough to turn me off a little bit. Red. However, I want to say that I kind of like this band the best out of everything that I've heard that you've selected thus far. I really kind of liked it. I like Feed the Machine. Uh, it's a good song. And so, yeah, I mean, I thought they were more straight ahead and just more to my liking personally. So that's the way I felt about that. And Red sounds a little bit bush to me. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. I could definitely hear that. In fact, I may have made that comment in my own head to myself. Yo, yo. You got a gift, my friend. You got a gift. Oh, yeah. God bless you. You got a gift. No, I don't. Yes, you do. I really oh, don't. Yes, you do. And my last pick, I have uh, talked about these guys before, Theocracy, founded by Matt Smith, and Matt Smith can sing. And I got a feeling Stephen hates all the music, but that's beside the point. Uh, hailing from Athens, Georgia, so you can go say hi to him whenever you want. Uh, they started in 2002. Four studio albums. They've got like 12 Christmas singles out there. Uh, the band rides the line of what most would call progressive rock, symphonic metal, which I'm not always in love with. But man, Matt Smith can sing. He could have easily been the singer for Skid Row, right? My guess is his faith base probably doesn't match too good with Skid Row and Rattlesnake Shake. But yeah, don't think. <laughs> but I'm sure he could do it. Theocracy, a lot of their music is just all Matt Smith. He's doing the Prince thing, playing everything. On the song that I'm going to play for you, though, it's Matt Smith on lead vocals, keyboards, and lead guitar. Jonathan Hines on rhythm guitar. Jared Oldham on bass. Ernie Topran on drums. They've signed a new record deal. they got a new album coming out fall of 2023. If you want to check out Theocracy, here's the three songs I would tell you to check out. The Master Storyteller, Paper Tiger, and this song off of 2016's Ghost Ship. Here is Ghost Ship. All right, so yeah, we've discussed theocracy before. The guy can sing, no doubt about it. The music, like you said, it's really not my bag, but I respect it. I don't think I knew. It's not really a band. It's more or less Matt Smith. Yeah, it depends on what part of theocracy you hear. Uh -huh. So if I had to guess, my guess is when Matt feels like recording with other people, he records with other people. When he doesn't feel like recording with other people, he just does it all himself. That's the same thing Prince did. It's the same thing Richie Cotton does. We know a lot, not a lot, but we know a few people that have done that. Yeah. So originally, when you first started talking about this guy, we talked about the fact that he was local. And I said, OK, well, I'll reach out to him and maybe we'll have him on the show. And I found a contact and I reached out and said, hey, love to talk to Matt Smith on the show. And they got back with me and said, uh, okay, sounds good, but we don't really have anything right now to talk about. And we're in transition, uh, which maybe they were in transition of record labels uh, at the time. Maybe they were switching to record labels, but then that was pretty much where they left it. So never had him on the show, uh, but they are local. I don't know if they're still local, but uh, I thought they were here in Atlanta. I didn't know they were in Athens, but that's also fairly local. So. Yeah, you might want to try them again, because if they got this new album coming out, maybe they will have something to talk about. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so let's connect it to Kiss. You wanted the best, and you got the best! The hottest band in the world, Kiss! It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. So for the historic moment, we, well, we opened the crank it up with Demons Down. 
So why don't we go with Knights in Satan Service, also known as Kiss. So here is Paul Stanley, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, and the demon himself, Gene Simmons, singing a classic off of 1992's Revenge. Of course, we're going to go with Unholy. I am the incubus, I'm in the egg in you, the one that burns through your brain. But you are a beast that calls me by my name. You send your children to walk to serve bastards and whores. So now you know you created me. It's the yin and the yang of the Grown Up Rock Podcast. We are equal opportunity offenders. Yes, we talk about Jesus, God, Allah, Buddha, <laughs> whatever you want to refer to him as. But we also have our knights and Satan service and, and our demons down. But uh, one of my probably top five favorite no makeup error songs. Absolutely love Unholy. Such a great song. And I figure it is probably not appropriate to play Let's Put the X in Sex or You Make Me Rock Hard or <laughs> Take It Off or... You know, I will say something controversial here, and I'll leave it up to interpretation. You know, of all the the devils and the gods everybody talks about, one guy is more fun than the other guy. I'll just let you pick who it is. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I would like to hear Jason Beeler's take on this because Jason Beeler has a lot of great opinions that leave it open for interpretation. And that's one of the things I love about Beeler. <laughs> I would like to hear your mother-in-law's interpretation of which side is more fun. Oh, yeah. That's going to be interesting. Uh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> she's going to listen to this. As it is, when you go to edit this, you're going to have to take all your GD statements out there because we can't have a Christian rock episode where you're using the Lord's name in vain. You're gonna have oh, to, yeah. You're going to have to bleep those out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bev, love you. <laughs> yeah so this is great look this has been uh, a fun episode and i do believe that there's good music everywhere and christian rock is no exception to that you know just like anything else so i've had fun doing this episode and it just baffles me that as big a fans of striper and stuff that we are that we haven't actually done a christian rock episode until this point which is crazy because i knew there was a lot of christian rock out there and some of it rides that line, right? It's Christian rock as a broad brush, but it's alternative. Some of it's almost grunge. Some of it's almost symphonic cookie monster. Some of it's almost pop, right? There's not like a striper and you can just kind of hang on to striper and here comes a bunch of other bands along with them. It's just, there's not those. And it's interesting because you would have thought that striper kind of opened the door for all these guys to get into here might don't do their thing. But some of these guys tried and they just didn't, couldn't do it the right way, I guess. Really, Christian Rock even goes back to the early days of like Elvis Presley. I mean, Elvis Presley could have been considered Christian Rock, right? Because he had yeah. a lot of of Christian music in his set list and stuff like that. So it just depends on how you look at it. Some of the more popular bands these days, bands like Skillet and P.O.D., I like some of the stuff that I've heard from those bands. We just didn't use those bands in tonight's discussion because I thought there were some more lesser known bands in this uh now you know some people that are immersed in the christian rock community may be saying those bands aren't not known you know <laughs> they're well known well they're all kind of not known <laughs> to me <laughs> so that's the way i'm looking at it yeah you take these 10 bands to a kiss show and say check off every one of the bands you know off this list if you get one checked off i'd be surprised by half the people there's nobody would check off four of them 
Yeah, you never know. I mean, look, a lot of our friends listen to all kinds of stuff, and uh, there could be, you know, people that are in the community that are like Christian Rock uh, and may know a lot about it, but just don't talk about it for whatever reason, uh, because that's not what their show is about, and that's not what they discuss, but it's all good. Anyway, I think this has been a good episode, uh, so thanks for agreeing to do this one, and I don't have anything else to add to this episode other than again peace be with you sonny <laughs> uh, thanks for listening everybody and peace be with you Stephen. <laughs> see ya later get ready to shuffle rattle and roll play us out boys It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.